So the reading this morning is Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38, and it can be found on page 1025 in the Red Bibles. Uh, And we have Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back, and page numbers for those are also on the screen. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin... The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord. Ali, thank you. Uh, do keep Luke chapter 1 open in front of you. Uh, we're going to continue, uh, as we started last week, looking through this uh, first uh, chapter of Luke's Gospel and these great announcements. Uh, and so shall we pray uh, as we come to it? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you uh, for the way that it points us to the Lord Jesus. And we pray this morning that we'd be filled with awe and wonder at who he is and the fact that he would come to earth that first Christmas time. Amen. Well, as Richard said, uh, we are now in Advent. How's that happened already? Uh, But December the 1st, uh, I don't know if anyone's got Christmas trees and stuff up yet. Um, Apparently, I was reading this week, Mariah Carey won't sing All I Want for Christmas is You before Thanksgiving. Well, Thanksgiving was on Thursday, so from Friday she was singing that song. I imagine he constantly, in the way it goes around the shops and everything, you walk around. Uh, so we must now be an official, officially the run-up to Christmas uh, as we look forward uh, uh, to that day. That's what Advent is about. Um, Advent is about remembering Christmas, that first Christmas uh, when Jesus came. Um, it's also about looking forward to the fact that Jesus is coming again. Uh, in fact, it's as certain that Jesus is coming again uh, as it is that he came the first time. Uh, and so we're in this uh, series of Advent. Uh, we uh, got in the Christmas uh, spirit on Friday when we went ice skating over at Salford Keys. I escaped with no bruises. This is a success. Um, I think some people came to the first service this morning on ice skates with how icy it was uh, outside. But we are in this time, uh, and we come to passages like Luke chapter 1, and we're reminded again at who Jesus is. 
So we're in this period between that first uh, and second coming of Jesus. Uh, And if you were here last week, uh, Paul took us through that first great announcement, uh, the angel appearing to Zechariah uh, in the temple, telling him, even in his old age, that Elizabeth uh, and he would have a son, would have John the Baptist, the one who's going to prepare the way uh, for the Lord who is coming. And in a way that Luke builds up the excitement in that first chapter, that's an amazing announcement. And yet, this week's is even bigger, even more amazing. John the Baptist prepared the way. This is the one he's preparing the way for. So so last week, Paul had the the title, um, God's Salvation Plan Reignites. Uh, this year, I want, uh, this week, I want to say that God's salvation plan explodes. That's what we're going to see uh, from Luke chapter 1. Now, we can't read uh, uh, those verses that Andy just read for us uh, in, without reading them in the light of the first announcement that just came. Now, now, Zechariah and Mary, in many ways, were very different. Zechariah was an old married priest in the temple. Uh, Mary was a young virgin woman living in just an ordinary place. Uh, and yet, the way that Luke... Uh, writes the accounts, uh, he draws these parallels uh, together uh, between what happens. Uh, here they are sort of laid out on the screen. So both Zechariah and, and Mary were afraid when the angel appeared. The angel says to both of them, do not be afraid. He says, you will have a son. Tells them what they are to call that son. Says that that son will be great. Then they both ask uh, the angel a question. Uh, and the angel answers both of them. There's a huge parallels between these, these two s- stories that Luke doesn't want us to miss. Uh, and just for a moment, I just want to pick up on uh, Zechariah just for a second, where we left off uh, last week in verse 18, because I know there's a, a few questions um, off the back of uh, Zechariah's question in verse 18, where he says, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well on in years. <laughs> Now, to that, the angel Gabriel says, well, I'm Gabriel, sent from God, which, interestingly, is also how Luke uh, introduces uh, the angel in verse 26, the start of our our reading, Gabriel, sent from God. And the angel says, Zechariah, you're going to know that this is going to happen, and these words will come true, because until they do, you're not going to be able to speak. That's interesting. Zechariah asks, how can this be sure? He asks for the proof. I'm not quite sure this is what he was expecting. This kind of divine intervention, uh, rendering him mute uh, until the point where, the, where his son is born. But interestingly, in, in that happening, in doing so, he got the sign that he asked for. But he also became a sign for other people. Verse 22 uh, says that when he came out, he could not speak to them. That's the other people gathered at the temple. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. So the inability to speak wasn't a punishment on Zechariah. It was a sign. It was a sign to him, and it was a sign to the others, that God is doing something amazing. In fact, verse 24 says, shows us that those words come true. Elizabeth becomes pregnant. We're let in to this amazing event. We're told as readers what's happening. And now as we fast forward six months and, and come to the start uh, of our reading in verse 26, we see Mary, uh, who is just 
uh, going about her day-to-day life, but is about to get the second great announcement uh, that Luke begins his gospel with. I'm not sure if you've seen sort of many pregnancy announcements like this uh, on the internet. You see various uh, clever, funny, whatever you want to call them. One's cheesy maybe sometimes, one's around. It's amazing when we look at this uh, announcement that Mary's going to become pregnant. In many ways, it's far more impressive than any of these uh, that we see online. But in many ways, it's far more low-key as well. Mary is pottering around her house uh, as she does each day. Um, she's you know, maybe planning her upcoming wedding in her head as she's tidying away the breakfast cereal or something like that. When suddenly this angel appears before her. And it's, it's far more impressive than any other pregnancy announcement you'll see. You know, how many people get an angel telling them that you're going to have a baby? It's an impressive announcement. However, in other ways, it's low-key. Mary is an ordinary woman in an ordinary place, Nazareth. It's not plastered all over town that she's going to have a baby. She's told, and we know from Matthew's gospel, Joseph is told. But it's not a huge announcement. It's it's impressive uh, and it's low-key. And I think that shows how God uses the ordinary to bring about his big plans. In fact, he's still using ordinary people like us to bring about big plans. And it is an extraordinary plan uh, that the angel speaks of. It's kind of beyond expectation. Look at verse 30 of Luke chapter 1. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Mary, you're going to have a son. You'll call him Jesus. You don't need to flick through the baby name books for you. Uh, this is the name that you are to give your son. And actually the name is, is the first clue. Well, the first clue is probably actually the angel appearing. The, but the first clue in what's been said, that something special is going on. See, the name Jesus means the Lord saves. This is no ordinary child. And if there are any doubts, look how... Uh, The angel carries on. Verse 32. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Look at the amazing things that the angel is telling Mary about the son she is about to have. They're all drawn from uh, 2 Samuel chapter 7. You want to look it up uh, when you get home later. This... uh, covenant promises that God gives to David that the people uh, in Israel have been waiting to be fulfilled. So we see, as we said, Jesus means the Lord saves. We'll see, he's the son of the Most High. That means he's God's king. He's given the throne of David. He'll reign over God's people forever in a kingdom that will never end. You see, Jesus is this great son of David that the people have been waiting for. It's impressive. And he's coming as a baby. It's low key. Luke includes the ancestry of Joseph, you'll notice in verse 27, for this reason, to see that this is 
So you can spot, this is, this promise came. People have been waiting for since 2 Samuel chapter 7. And Luke's piling up these kind of earth-shattering truths of who this baby is. They're they're mind-blowing. I mean, I have no idea what Mary must have been uh, feeling having heard this. But this is who Jesus is. See, as we look back uh, to that first Christmas, and this Advent series, we look back to Jesus' first coming. We remember the baby in the manger, low-key. But we also remember who he is. This king who will reign forever, this impressive king, the, the great promised Messiah, the whole Old Testament was pointing to, who came that Christmas time, and uh, who lived, who died, who rose again, who is now seated in heaven at this moment, reigning uh, as the king over God's people, reigning forever. You can kind of feel the excitement uh, that Luke has as he writes these words, bringing together uh, the, the, all these great promises to be focused on this person who he's going to spend the rest of the gospel explaining uh, about. Jesus is amazing. He is God's salvation plan exploding into action. Uh, and so don't underestimate the, the, how monumental this event is. And then, into this awe and wonder, Mary interjects. Mary's honest question is in verse 34. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? I mean, it's a logical question to ask, isn't it? Let's be honest. And I think Luke has, uh, has put it there because it's the question he expects readers to have. How can this be since I'm a virgin? Now, as God steps into history, of course, uh, we've already said it fulfills prophecy. And Isaiah 9, verse 7 says that the virgin will give birth to Emmanuel, to God with us. And Luke is uh, emphasizing Mary's virginity to ensure we don't miss uh, that connection. But also, isn't this the question that's still asked about Jesus' birth? I did a, a quick Google search this week of virgin birth, and it brings back a, a load of uh, Christian articles. But even in the top ten, uh, there are things like this. Here's why virgin birth is scientifically possible. The science behind the virgin birth. One other one. Are there really virgin births? I mean, aren't they just rewording Mary's question? How can this be? The world is is trying to dismiss or explain away the virgin birth. In fact, even as Christians, if we're Christians for many years, I think we believe it, but we kind of find it hard to, to understand how it could really happen. That's why I want to call this Mary's honest question, because it is honest. It's the question that's been asked throughout the centuries since this point. But interestingly, unlike uh, Zechariah, who asked his question out of unbelief and needed a sign, I think Mary's question here comes from belief. It's not a question of will it or won't it happen, but how it will happen. It's, it's, it's looking for an explanation. And that explains the angel's answer. Because he's, Mary is given a clear, clear and certain answer. The same uh, answer that is, is for the world, for us, if we're wondering about this. This is God's great 
intervention. God's stepping into the world, his great intervention. Now, I was once uh, involved in a project uh, work that, shall we say, was not going very well. I mean, that wasn't the language that was used around the office, but I won't repeat that language uh, in a church. For various reasons, this project was, was failing massively. Uh, we had um, not delivered what we were meant to on the timescales. The customer was changing what they wanted. Uh, and you know, I remember going to some particularly stressful meetings where they'd sort of say, yeah, here we go, this is what we've done. And they're saying, but that's not what we wanted. And we're saying, yeah, we'll take okay, it, we'll do some more. And then they're saying, okay. And then I'm sitting there thinking, we're never going to be able to do what we've just said. And it... It was costing us more time, it was costing us more money, it was costing the customer more time, more money. Uh, and, and left to ourselves, the two project teams were never going to be able to deliver uh, this project. And so what had to happen is our CEO stepped in. Uh, kind of top-down, came in to one of the meetings and said, right, what is going on? What are the problems? Here's the new plan. This is how we're going to deliver it. Uh, this, you're not going to change this specification. You're going to deliver this. It'll all be fine. Uh, and that intervention was needed in order to resolve all these problems, sort things out, get a new plan. And that's the kind of intervention that God is bringing in here, that he's beginning. He's having to step into the world. You see, uh, by ourselves, we couldn't solve the problems that we have, our deepest uh, and biggest problem, that of sin. So God intervenes. He steps into the world to sort it out himself. And that kind of intervention is not going to happen in a usual way. It's going to take something unique. It's going to take something monumental. And that's what we are seeing here. That's what is being promised by Angel Gabriel as he gives Mary an answer to a question. He's going to give her an explanation. He's going to give her evidence. And he's going to give her an encouragement. So first, the explanation is in verse 35. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. See, Mary, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to make this happen. And the way these words are written, there's no suggestion of any sexual activity or anything like this. This is a miraculous working uh, of God, uh, of God bringing uh, about this pregnancy. And birth is going to happen. It's why the, the, uh, the Luke t- says he's called the Son of God. Previously, when he talks about the Son of the Most High, that was talking about uh, Jesus' role, his role as king. Now he's talking about Son of God. This is who Jesus is. He is the second person of the Trinity coming down to earth. Not with an earthly father, but a heavenly father. This is God stepping into the world. This is the creator coming into his creation. This is God himself beginning the great rescue plan. The great intervention. And so the words of angel Gabriel are there to blow our minds. that we would see this is how it's going to happen. God is going to do it. And don't let those, those school-like nativities that you've uh, seen over and over again, don't let them uh, minimize what's happening here. 
See the words. God is coming. And and, and following that explanation, uh, Mary is given evidence. Verse 36. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Mary, if you want to see these words are going to come true, then skip down the road to go and see uh, Elizabeth, your cousin. She's pregnant. She's six months pregnant. You can't miss it when you're six months pregnant. She is going to have a baby. And we'll see next week. That's exactly what Mary does. She goes down and, uh, and sees Elizabeth. The evidence is there. And so Angel Gabriel can finish, verse 37, with the encouragement. For no word from God will ever fail. God promised Elizabeth uh, and Zechariah that they would have a baby. And she is now pregnant. God promises Mary she's going to have a baby. This is going to happen. Guaranteed. God's words never ever fail. As, as the reader, we know that because we've, already, we've got the advantage of always seeing that Elizabeth is pregnant. And God's words never fail. That's true, not just for these words, of any words. Any of God's words. They're never going to fail. And so in this, we see the explanation uh, that this will happen through God's power. We see the evidence as uh, Elizabeth's pregnancy and the encouragement that God's words will never fail. And what does Mary do? Verse 38, her response is one of humble submission. A good example to us uh, as we hear God's words. Humble submission. As we stand back and look uh, at this great announcement uh, of the birth of the Son of God, it's about to come about to come into being. What's it supposed to do as we live between, uh, as we're saying, this Advent period? We look back. Uh, and we look forward, live between these two comings of Jesus. Well, I, I think it's supposed to make us certain. That's why Luke writes. It's certain. Certainty that these things have happened. Certainty that this child that was born at Christmas uh, is God's one and only son coming into the earth to, to reign as king uh, and uh, to establish a kingdom that will last forever, rescue his people. Uh, and we live between those two comings. And And a passage like this is supposed to get us to look back at who Jesus is and go, wow. Stand back and see who he is. Maybe that's what we need to do this uh, Advent time. Stand back. Ponder who Jesus is. Be amazed once again that God would give up a throne in heaven to come down to earth as a baby. Low key. But he would come to do that. To bring about a rescue uh, of people like us. That is far more impressive than anything we can ever have dreamt of. See, we're supposed to look and go, wow. As we look back. But also at Advent, we look forward And Jesus is coming back. The first time he came uh, as a baby, following an announcement of a single angel to a single person. 
when he comes back next time, there'll be a host of angels announcing to the world that the conquering king is here. Every knee will bow before Jesus. The whole world seeing the glory and wonder at who he is. The whole world standing back and going, wow. We live between those two wow moments, if I can put it like that. We look at Jesus, see who he is. We know he came the first time. And we know he'll come the second time. Because no word from God will ever fail. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, as we look back this Advent time to the Lord Jesus coming the first time, to you sending your Son into the world to save sinners, we are amazed that you would intervene in that way. Help us not to grow tired or weary this Christmas time uh, of hearing that message. Help us to be amazed uh, and in awe and wonder at who Jesus is and what he came to do. Fill us with uh, excitement, uh, the fact that this is a message we can proclaim, something you have revealed to us, something that we know, and something we can live by. And Lord, as we live between those first uh, and second comings of Jesus, help us to look forward to that day where every eye will see him, every knee will bow, And Lord, as we look at those two wow moments, give us the certainty that it will happen and the confidence in who Jesus is. We ask in his name. Amen.